Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Hey everyone, here is Daniel Budai with another episode of the Ecom Show and I'm super glad to have uh, Dai with us uh, here uh, with me today. And uh, he's the co-founder of uh, Sugatan, the Sugatan agency. And uh, this year they will, uh, they will generate an amazing uh, 150 million uh, US dollars for their clients. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's a great result. So um, how are you doing today, uh, Davidas? Hey, Daniel. So first of all, it's Sugatan. So imagine it's like a Japanese warrior, you know, like doing something with their sword. So Sugatan, that's the way we call Sugatan. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, nice. Yeah, so I'm good, doing good. As I mentioned before the podcast, I had an converse, awesome conver- conversation about data analytics and so on. I was skeptical. I had a few podcasts with the John Hagen and someone else on our podcast and uh, about data anal- analysis and I I figured out you know how to do it at the high level because this guy was mm-hmm. like uh, data yeah. analyst for Nike or something like like big super big mm-hmm. brand so super yeah. excited uh, to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So actually, I listened to that episode. Uh, a friend of mine sent it to me, and uh, it was quite interesting. You talked about attribution models um, and. Uh, I, I also dive into this uh, a bit and there are different models and uh, still there is no really a reply to this question today. Um, what do you think, what a business, an e-commerce business uh, could or should do about this question? Uh, uh, let's say in the eight-figure range. Like for since the podcast, which happened maybe four months ago, I didn't do anything because um, I was waiting everyone else to try to figure out and all, make all of the mistakes because like data analysts in general are pretty expensive, you know, people and uh, like all of mm-hmm. the platforms are super expensive as well. So yeah. I allow John and like other friends of mine to be making all of the errors. And now mm-hmm. I, I hopped on a call actually last week with most of them. And then I saw that, oh, wow, they didn't solve it. You know, they put so much money into yeah. it and they didn't solve it correctly. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. but today, once I had the call with the guy, you know, I understood that it's actually possible to do it. And it's not like you need someone who knows how to do it for sure. But the tools he showed me were cheap, like, or actually free. So um, you can actually do it yourself if you took time, you know, and so on. So, um, yeah. it's it's a big problem but depends you know of the size of the business and so on because for us we still know that Facebook is the biggest attributor to everything so um, we we know that Facebook you know email SMS and all of these mm-hmm. free maybe um, maybe organic as well some of it but once you introduce a lot more that's when the problem gets that's when it gets super tricky so yeah we, we are not going to solve it easily but i have a platform that that i'm gonna be testing i think like it's almost thirty thousand per year so i hope um i hope it's gonna work out for us to see whether um like just to immediately you know reduce our ad spend for example on google because i really don't see any kind of um kind of increase on google ads or whenever we increase the budget over there so 
it's still a big problem. Yeah. yeah, after a while, these companies, they get so big that nobody understands the data and nobody has time um, and energy to interpret the data. So you should hire someone for this. Um, can you share a few tools with us? Yeah, so basically I I was going forward uh, with Hyros, Heroes or what, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, I I looked into Vict reports, and yesterday I had a call with an Indian um, data analysis team, so they they can build you know whatever tools you want. Um, and uh, so and and on Friday I had a, uh, a podcast with uh, Tom Shipley, who is a strategic advisor for uh, Snow Teeth Whitening, and uh, uh, he has his own brand which does like over seventy million per year, um, like hair growth uh, shampoos or some kind of products for hair growth. Um, and I asked him, you know, and he decided to go with Truckerbox and I didn't know about Truckerbox, but I got in touch with them. And then I saw that their pricing is the same as Heroes, but they do a lot more. Like uh, they do a lot more advanced things. They give values to the each like touch point. They do um, synthetic attributions, which means that you can see uh, view through uh, attributions as well because on google analytics for example you cannot see you can only see you know clicks but uh, you cannot see view uh, and how much impact did it yeah. give because i didn't believe that view can give so much impact but now i started to see that oh it actually does give a lift you know for in the performance so um that's gonna be super useful so yeah um the, these platforms that I explored and the uh, rocker box is the one that I gonna go with. But after the call, I just, you know, hopped off the call with the, with this data analyst anal, analytic. Um, and I realized that, Oh, wow, maybe there is a way how to do it for free, but I don't know. And it's going to take time. And we, we probably still would need to, to get a data and like analyst. So yeah. Uh, I, but I, I really believe we're gonna go with Rockerbox. Mm. Yeah, this is the Indian company, right? No, this is a, an American company. Um, ah, the one. Okay. Indian Indian company actually um, goes not with attribution, but for data visualization. So they get all of the they get all of the data from all of the data sources. Like even if we had Rockerbox, they would still get like Shopify's data. They would cross check it with other data. And they would put it up, you know, onto one data kind of visual uh, visual uh, dashboard or whatever, you know, where like it would be super useful for media buyer or CMO or someone, you know, to come in and see, okay, we're underspending on Google and they don't need to go into each platform and they see, you know, percentage wise, how much we spent and all of that. So um, pretty mm-hmm. cool because of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what we use now and experimenting with is a reveal. Um, I think yesterday we talked about it, and uh, this is a release Only by convert, Omni. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, what the data analyst showed me as well today. Okay, okay. Um, but that's more for uh, for your existing customer base. So it's not really about traffic and acquisition. It's more like backend um, and my team work with that so um, and so far it works well it can uh, show you cohorts and and all of these segments uh, their ltv historical ltv predicted ltv so all of these things um yeah 
Is it yeah. uh, did you need a data analyst or was it just simple as simple as connecting it with your Shopify or Clavio and then it would show you this kind of data? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we connected it with a uh, both with both, and uh, we don't have a specific data analyst, but uh, with the CEO with Valentin, we talked. I don't know, almost every week we talk with uh, their team, and uh, they show us uh, they showed us everything. So now we have a good understanding of the tool. Um, it's a bit techy, I think for, for many marketers, it's too techy, but uh, now we can use it. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for we will clear, right? Start, we, we will start um, setting up the email campaigns uh, based on these data from September and the segmentation will be based on that data, not on the Clavio uh, things. So... Yeah, we will see. Awesome. That's awesome. Like we 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 should do like segmentation and all of that uh, based on this data as well. I hope uh, I hope this um, this tool like Rockerbox will be able to show us this kind of mm-hmm. data somehow. Not sure if they yeah. will. Yeah, yeah. Keep keep us updated. I'm curious how it works out for you. Um, so yeah, uh, actually uh, our. Um, Facebook group and our community uh, send me a lot of uh, questions. So I will just ask a few of them from you. Um, you mentioned or, or you talk a lot about testing and I'm curious what you think, what, what, what should be the right mindset about testing? Um, dev team? Was it a dev team? Sorry, can you repeat? Was it a developers team? Uh, no, no, like uh, like Facebook ads, most like mostly like Facebook ads. Ah, so creative team, you mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, testing creatives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Creatives for us is the biggest needle mover. For example, yesterday we had a drop uh, for one of the clients. You know that um, does lots in volume, like over whatever you know, like lots. Um, and we had a kind of a bigger dip yesterday in performance and then we had a meeting like for me it was midnight and we had a meeting and we all said okay like what do we usually do in this kind of situation and it's usually like let's let's pump out a lot more creatives because usually whenever that happens we simply need to pump out a lot more testing you know and uh, we start uh, creating more creative so um, Mm -hmm. we try to avoid these kind of situations by pumping out a lot um a lot you know over every week but uh, the problem was that we were starting to focus a lot more on branding on messaging so the volume got down like went down and uh like these kind of things so and like they are not they were not as conversational as we wanted them to be and so on so it just uh like yeah this happened but yeah like you need lots of creatives like I don't know, like you need so many creatives uh, in order to scale the account. For example, uh, I spoke with a few people who were spending 2 million per month last year. Like this year, we are doing this ourselves per account. Um, Not for every account, but we do that, you know, sometimes. And uh, in order to to keep up with this kind of uh, account, you need to pump out like 100 creatives per week. That means that Mm -hmm. out of 100 creatives, you know, you're going to get like five that work maybe three will work average and two will be super good or or four will be average and one will be super good so you need 
this amount of creatives and how can you create them you know like you need to have like a massive massive creative team so um yeah yeah, we are investing a lot into it and actually um i didn't check my slack but before um before this um podcast i i message our one of the owners of the of the skincare company that we're Mm -hmm. shareholders of um basically um to ask because we got like a massive um manufacturing like facilities it's gonna be like super big we are aiming to like these kind of facilities would get us would be able to sustain our growth up until 100 120 30 mil around that you know number um so but now we're only making like 30 mil or so per year um next year maybe it's gonna be like 50 or 60 but still we have some plays down there so i texted him i said like okay like do you think we can actually create um agents not an agency but create our own creative team and that could become an agency later on maybe uh, once we uh-huh. satisfy our own needs and even though we do that with sugatan you know um it's just that we don't have a creative studio <laughs> so it's a bit difficult because everyone is like remote so there is no place where they could go you know and shoot all of the content all at once so we just we are yeah. thinking of uh of putting up the creative studio because that's the biggest needle yeah. mover, you know, like for your agency, for example, you are doing with, you are dealing with backend and bottom of the funnel mostly, but someone yeah. needs to drive that top of the funnel, you know, growth. So um, we are these people who I consider not the best at it, but like definitely among one of the best uh, in the industry itself, you know, in the whole industry yeah. uh, for e-commerce, um, not for, unfortunately, we still don't, haven't cracked the YouTube code. And I don't think that many people did just because like when I uh, had good agencies, you know, um, tackling uh, YouTube for me, uh, they would always look at their platform and it would show like amazing results, but my revenues would never go up. So since I, Mm -hmm. since I decided to um, like terminate our contracts, like our profitability went up, you know, and like, I'm not spending anything on YouTube only for retargeting ads. So yeah so that's why i said like okay data first like sort let's sort out data and then let's move into youtube back again so yeah mm-hmm. okay that makes sense yeah yeah and always uh, see the roi clearly if you have it on that channel or not um yeah, yeah. i think i i think having having great creatives it's huge um and uh Many big marketers, they say that it doesn't matter what the channel is. End of the day, it's all about the creative. Um, and channels are changing in the long term. So maybe, I don't know, in 10 years, we won't have Facebook. Who knows? Or we will have TikTok or I don't know. Um, but if we understand psychology and sales and marketing, we can apply the same principles um, and just making good creative for just- every channel. What what the challenge is, you know, like for example, I, I like for example today the whole day I went to the medical check here in Dubai, and um, mm-hmm. like usually when I, I I never take taxi. Well, I try to avoid taking taxi because I love going to places because it's it gives me like time to. I love walking, you know, but during the time that I walk, or today I took a metro, which was like one hour and ten minutes or so. Um, but I was listening to Dan Kennedy all the time, and Dan Kennedy for me is the ultimate copywriter you know uh, and i love i love listening to him um the problem is that um sh- like for example he doesn't do any advertising on tiktok or anything so mm-hmm. for example when yeah. i 
when I saw you know advert like ads today on TikTok, they were like, mm-hmm. "Holy wow!" Like I couldn't have imagined to them to be like this, you know. But it's not direct response; it's something like it's a mix. Yeah. Like we yesterday yeah. even we had a conversation with the team. I said, "Like, look, we are. It's not direct response that we're doing. It's like something yeah. in between direct response and uh, conversation in the bar. That, that's what it is, you know." Mm-hmm. Like you're yeah. trying to sell someone in the bar, uh, like conversationally, not too pushy, not too whatever. I know. So for me, that's how it is. Um, that's what these kind of ads, that's what we're creating. But with TikTok and Snapchat, it's a bit like, it's a different level. You need to grab the attention and be super creative at it. So um, it, it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting, definitely. Yeah. I think uh, today in digital marketing in general, good digital marketing, it's less pushy, less salesy than it was back then, I don't know, in the 50s, 60s with uh, Ogilvy and these guys um, when they sent out direct mails. Um, yeah, yeah, well, the rules, you know, changed like FDA, like as far as I know, like they, they didn't have an FDA that strong, you know, so no one did, would chase them. Um, and also, you know, print ads were the most mm-hmm. kind of the biggest traffic drivers. Now they are too expensive, you know, to be running traffic from. So um, you have to go to other platforms. So, yeah, it changed. It didn't change at some point. Like you still need to study these ads because, um, like, because they were so aggressive, you can feel the emotion of them. That's what I like. You understand when you study them. You understand the emotion that was behind it, and you can see the kind of a range that okay, these guys were pushing it, you know. But how can we use the same emotion, but maybe turn it into more social media like emotion, you know, rather than being so pushy because for example since I'm, I'm doing lots of work with acne uh, so basically i found an ad let me pull it up actually on my screen so that i could uh, tell you exactly how um i forgot basically it, it says it says like got acne no got girlfriend oh no you don't because because you have acne or something like this and it was like wow I think I could see it. What's the company? Uh, or I remember something. Like similar. I, I have it on sl- on Slack. Just a second, I'm gonna pull it up. But and another one was like uh, like a, a photo of basically a man walking away from woman because mm-hmm. he had acne, and that was like wow, that that that's strong as well. Like I don't yeah. know how. How were they able to advertise these kind of ads? And but I bet that yeah. the response was like huge. You know, like I I see yeah. these ads and I feel some emotion in my body. Like, uh, yeah. like my my yeah. heart is wrecking. You know, so <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, I think Lumin Skin has a similar. Yeah, I think Lumin Skin has a similar video ad. A, a girl says at the beginning, at the very beginning, that. Uh, best man take care of their uh, face skin or something like that um, i think i've yeah. seen it uh, in the in the bathroom i think that's what mm-hmm. um yeah so um you scaled companies um to to certain levels and let's talk about that so um yeah a few questions that that we got in the community so when do you advise uh, 
to e-com companies that they should start uh, doing more channels. Let's say someone starts out with Facebook ads or, or Google ads, they can scale up to a certain level. And when uh, should they add more channels? Email, uh, start caring about their um, CRO, um, or even more about uh, start caring about their data and all of these things. Because I can see many guys to start caring about these at the very beginning, too early. They make 5K a month and they already want SMS marketing. Um, yeah. Probably not the right time. So what do you think when they should start caring about uh, adding more channels? Yeah, before I, I answer you that, I found that. So basically it says, got hackney, just ask your girlfriend what do you do, what, what to do. Oh, that's right. You don't have a girlfriend. And that was an ad by Proactive. That really hits. <laughs> and and Proactive, you know, is like a billion, like I think they generate over 1 billion. I think they mm-hmm. generate even more because 1 billion was like a few or three years ago. Anyway, so the, the question that, uh, to answer your question, uh, for me, you know, email and like email basically should be there from the beginning, you know, automation sequences like, it's not that difficult, you know, like you, everyone is sharing them, how they should look like, you know, just do it in the most simple way as possible. I, I did it when, uh, I did it myself when I started drop shipping and I, uh, when I, it was three years ago, more than three years ago, but, uh, I, I put up the website and I was watching course on Udemy and they showed, you know, how to do these simple email campaign so i just did it you know like it was ugly super ugly but it didn't matter for me um we still generated you know some money from it so so these automated sequences they they should be important um facebook ads you know like you can scale only company with email and facebook ads i think up to 10 million even so mm-hmm. you don't yeah. need to focus super a lot onto other channels like you you have to start uh, like optimizing them like for example mm-hmm. at uh, at 300k i started uh like we started doing seo for example for one of the clients cuz i realized you know that okay the sooner like it takes 6 months for it to kick in and like to actually see some kind of results like one year two years whatever it's like a long period of time so now it's been a year almost and now we are starting to see that the revenue is you know not uh, like from seo for example that it's not slow or like it's not um steady but it's rather exponential now we see like a big upstick you know just because uh, because it started to accumulate everything started to accumulate so super happy about it but uh, other channels what facebook ig and creators basically you need to create some some kind of creatives and even now like to these com- for these companies that i do um most of the marketing um like we run 80% of our traffic comes from Facebook and IG and they generate one of them will generate 30 mil this year. Another one will generate from 50 to 55 mil per year uh, this year. And uh, another one will generate from 37 to 45 mil uh, per year uh, this year. Sorry. Um, so 80% to know of our traffic comes from, uh, from Facebook and Instagram. Um, so yeah, I know it's still possible to do that. Um, what I would not advise people to do is like to spend a lot of time on Google, at least for us, it never worked, no matter mm-hmm. who I hired, you know, like I would never see positive res- returns because it's just like mm-hmm. a simple formula, you know, you need to be looking for underrated attention, 
where where is the yeah. underrated traffic or attention so yeah, yeah. right now you know it's tiktok but obviously it's a bit of a younger audience but still you can make it work somehow like you need to be creative about it influencers is still a bit underrated like i guess like in one or two years it's gonna become too overcrowded and now mm-hmm. we can still like it's difficult like during the summer we actually are not getting amazing results because um, yeah. it's probably summer because we are not getting amazing results on facebook like we are doing the same you know as in uh, july and uh, now it's august so it's kind of okay it's not the best it's not covid numbers for sure um yeah. so yeah i would say like you go with facebook Instra- instagram and uh, and emails like the basic of emails um yeah. plus campaigns you know like one to two campaigns at least like we do three campaigns per week so that that brings our revenue up by a lot like one of the email like one email could generate i don't know 20 30k for some of the brands um but yeah and then, and then move to influencer i guess right now you know but after half a year uh, maybe i would not say influencer maybe something else so these platforms change a lot so for us you know we are experimenting with a lot of platforms but at the same time we are trying to boost the ltv as much as possible and all of that so it's constantly changing what i should say is that don't be like if you don't have like at least 300k in revenue from facebook and instagram then i really don't think that you should be doing something else uh, instead of okay. focusing on these things yeah, that's a good piece of advice. Um, and would you start out with influencer marketing as the main? Uh, I know guys who do that. Um, do I know, I know high guys who do that, and uh, they basically influencer marketing for them is their most important thing to start the brand. Uh, and I know even dropshippers who do that now. Um, so I guess it's still super good because they share all of the data between themselves. So basically, they know you know that the influencer they're gonna book is gonna be working for this kind of a product. If they, especially if they're in a similar kind of niche or similar kind of um, demographic, you know, it usually works out. So, um, so I saw like two days ago, maybe one guy showed me like a drop shipping product. They hired a celebrity. They paid her 100k to test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they showed me stats that on the first 12 hours, they generated 156K. Then it mm-hmm. was in the next whatever hours, it was over 200K. So like basically that shout out made them 200 plus K. And this was a drop shipping product. So for me, it was mm-hmm. kind of crazy, you know, like, because we don't have, we get 300K, but uh, let's say we spent on influencers 50K, like uh like for micro ones and a bit more of a medium ones. Um, but yeah. but from one, we would never get like 200K. It's just crazy. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, what do you think? Is it better to start out with micro influencers? I, I uh, heard this from everyone that it, it has a better ROI to work with many micro influencers because their engagement is higher. It's yeah. better than pick one big guy and go to that person. The problem um, with micro, for sure, like the more you know, the the more relatable to the audience people are, uh, or kind of the more personal connection they have, the more influence they have over people. But there are some celebrities who, even though they are not. Uh, 
they, they don't maintain the super big like kind of close connection to their audience but they act in in a certain way or whatever you know they do that they work like so i saw some celebrities of uh 300 million uh, or like 10 million followers they work amazingly well too um so but you have to have insiders data basically like it's not yeah, yeah. that you would go to a macro influencer and they would uh, like it would work but if i went there with a few people that i know like i would probably be able to get a lot of insiders data that like you couldn't access so i could make it work you know whilst others like it's it's a bit more difficult so yeah it's you start with micro i guess um but there are multiple touch points what multiple research points that you need to make in order to make a decision whether to work on the influencer or not because it's not difficult like it's not easy and uh, it actually the the success rate isn't super high too you know so you need to be smart to how to how to manage the cash flow as well yeah, and it's a lot of communication back and forth. Yeah, you, there is a lot of that. So we have, have to handle. Yeah, we have yeah. four people doing that, and we're gonna hire like up to ten, I think, this year to be handling all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so one other question: uh, Do you consider saturation, or there is always room for new marketers? No, there is no saturation. There is always, you know there is always marketers and there is always good marketers you know so like uh it's it's super easy you know like when i even when i go into facebook or instagram i think like holy shit like everyone is doing so well why i'm not doing well and then i remember like oh wow like actually three of the brands that i work with will generate like 150 mil almost this year so like it's big numbers you know and uh it's just you know you get into that loop and that's like i'm i'm trying to avoid you know reading all of the comments because i get angry and like some bad emotions come out of me like i want to beat everyone you know that's the emotion that i get super competitive you know but uh, there is always like um, there is always room for those who know how to get results you know like if you can if you come to me and you text me a message like hey david that's like I'll work for free for you, but I have had, uh, like, if I make your conversions, whatever, if I make you another 200K, would you be willing to give me 5K? I would say, like, sure. sure. <laughs> like, whatever <laughs> you need to do, you know, go ahead and do it. Yeah. So yeah. performance performance marketing is where it's at, you know. Like, that's, like, I, w- I wouldn't advise anyone to be, like, brand marketers or something because it's just a, such a vague, vague thing that you cannot measure and... Oh. Yeah, yeah, but still, um, you know, if you look at big agencies, um, but these are old agencies as well. They are more in branding, I think. I mean, they have a- they work with clients that have raised either money, you know, or all of that. So it's it's different. Like for example, I'm in Dubai right now, and I'm walking mm-hmm. around and I'm looking, you know, at everything. What what what's happening down here? And for me, Dubai is marketing for me the whole city is marketing so i like i try to imagine like how much money did they have to spend to market themselves so well because i saw microsoft offices there um 
I saw Sony Ericsson, like it's not super huge, like it's not Apple or something. Maybe they do have an office, I don't know. Um, but uh, like they spend so much money building these amazing, like like highest buildings and so on just to attract, you know, attention. But look at their pockets, you know, they probably had like, I don't know in which kind of numbers are we talking here, but it's like billions or trillions, whatever, you know, to invest into it. So it depends. But uh, for us, for most of us who are listening probably to your podcast or my podcast is that we are bootstrapping. We have like $5,000 and we need to make sure that we build something that sustains itself, you know, that we can work here and we can actually build brands from that. So it's a completely different mindset than like Dan Kennedy actually in the in the course today that I was listening to, like he was mentioning that, that basically like brand advertising is so vague and you can usually see the results like maybe in six months or three or six months, whatever. That's how they measure it. But us, like imagine now you know client coming to you and saying like 100k you know like let's wait here is 100k for you and now let's wait yeah. six months to see whether it works like they would not stay yeah. with you you don't have uh, three years to create the brand package and uh, and wait um yeah uh, the beginning is very di- direct response uh, focused and we have to be performance driven see the numbers everywhere just as you said about Google, uh, you couldn't see the numbers, so you just left the platform. Um, but I think there is a level when you have to shift the mindset and uh, start thinking about branding. Um, like you start, you know, the problem, what not the problem, but like the mistake I usually see brands do is that they start focusing. Like if they were direct response 100%, they immediately switch focus like, okay, let's do branding 50% yeah. and direct response 50 no it's like you have to be like super easy like okay direct response now 100 let's move it down to 90% and 10% will go to branding then okay like yeah. we managed to make it work you know that's this with this kind of a budget let's move down to 80% and then let's figure out so for example the way we see branding is right now with these brands is that we spent like 90, 95% of our traffic with direct response ads. But what we do is on the yeah. uh, bottom of the funnel, at the bottom of the funnel, we create these visuals that are looking awesome and we don't care whether they convert or not. We just want our customers to see it, you know, over and over again. Like basically going for the frequency and the kind of a feely, feely kind of a branding thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I uh, talked with a company from uh, the US, but they are originally from Romania, I think. And uh, they uh, it's a platform, advertising platform. And uh, you can, uh, it's outdoor advertising. I think this is how they call it. And uh, basically you can, uh, um, you can promote your, your stuff um, on uh, digital billboards in uh in malls uh, in the street in uh, railway stations they have a lot of billboards mostly in the us and uh, you can do it for yourself it's similar to the ad uh, to facebook ads let's say or google ads the wow. platform yeah. um, our world will yeah. become a uh, one giant advertising board soon <laughs> yeah and uh for me it was amazing because it was cheap you know like you can make your ad and they show it uh i don't know in new york and uh, some bus stop let's say 
and the one hour is a few dollars only and it's uh, it's dynamic so you can even nice. um, combine it with the weather or or something else the location um, I'll and, ask you for the link after the show because uh, I would like to test it like for one location especially that would be awesome yeah yeah go go for it uh, I think our current clients are not big enough to test it yet uh, and we already test enough stuff but uh, yeah I, I, I highly recommend this platform um, yeah back to the scaling uh, topic so um so they should focus on one channel until uh, at least 300k or, or even one mil per month and uh, how about products when they should add more products and when they should start developing products i uh, have a friend and uh, they sell beauty products they uh, don't you know they are not at this level yet and they already started thinking about developing the product, hiring uh, scientists and all of these. And I told him, you are crazy. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, you should <laughs> start selling first. And after after a certain level, you can think about this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, f- for me, the sooner the better. You know, like, if you have cash to invest into new products, that's great. You know, start doing that. Mm-hmm. Um because, mm-hmm. like, for example, it depends on what kind of products do they create. For example, we create skincare and we, do, we don't uh, outsource it to a third uh, party manufacturer. So that means that we need to do all of the research ourselves. We need to get all of the equipment. We need to get all of the ingredients and so on. So it takes forever. So, for example, we are developing one product for eight months already. So, and, mm-hmm. and our goal was actually this year to be launching 10 products. I see uh, in summer we already knew that, okay, it's not going to be 10. Maybe it's going to be seven. Now I'm seeing like, okay, it's not going to be seven. It's going to be five. So it's like going down and down and down. So like, but imagine if we had like um, them two or three months earlier, basically our LTV would go up by so much that I would be able to spend so much more on Facebook and uh, acquire new customers. So for yeah. me, it's uh, you need to start doing that asap as as you have cash you know but you need to always you know prioritize things like that's what we're maybe good at that's okay we have like multiple ideas multiple that and that and that but let's you know like let's put into the table and see whether actually this is going to be a big game changer for the business you know and how will it impact our business in the short term and goal and long term so you need to manage these both so for example as i said like I pulled the trigger on the SEO part last year when we were making around 300K. And like, because I knew it's going to be a long-term investment. And back then it was not huge money for us to invest into it. But it was like, okay, like it it is, you know, like a few thousand plus backlink. So it's 10,000 maybe budget. So it's kind of a lot, you know, Uh, at that stage, it was, it was quite a bit. So, but now it's, it's, now it's kind of uh, like we are seeing ROI, you know, so, but it took us like one year, like a bit less than a year, but still like it's, it just, but it was only the only long-term investment we make in, we made, you know, so you always make like lots of, like for now we are doing lots of short-term, then we, okay, SEO is a long-term one, then product development is another long-term so yeah. now we're going to do like maybe another long-term investment, which could be, I don't know, maybe just another 
product developer or something like that. So yeah. it's always just uh, managing it, uh, you know, like from the short term and long term perspective. Yeah, you should balance these. Um, but I think you, if you don't have the budget, then you shouldn't do long term. Um, there is a saying like, um, the more budget you have, the longer you can think. Um, yeah, yeah, for and, sure. I don't know how much your friends are making, you know, but like for sure, like if they are not making at least, I don't know, like 70 or 100K per month, then like, I, I don't know whether I would have like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they are below that. Uh they they were uh at around 300k for a few months, but now they they are not at that level. So so yeah. I I told him to focus on sales first and after they can uh, take care of this. Um so let's say someone hits the eight figure level and then what's next? How to get to nine figure? Um they should Invest into product dev, adding more channels, um, optimizing them, um, hire data analysts and focus on, on the data as well, understand it better, very good customer support, I guess. These things come into my mind, but you are more experienced. So tell us more. Yeah, so I haven't gone you know, to nine figures with one brand, so it's kind of difficult, but like there are breaking points and uh, at every level, uh, like one of the breaking points for the business is usually at 1 million revenue per month level, then 5 millions, then 10 millions, then 25 millions, and then 50 millions. And then you go from 50 to 100 mil. So we're experiencing the, like we experienced the 25 million breaking mm -hmm. points for free client like for free partners this year already you know um we gonna experience 50 million breaking point in quarter one for all of them because basically like at each point like at 25 million you need to start investing into managers because like you need to uh have like middle managers you know before you are able as a marketing whatever executive or cmo you are able kind of to uh, just like manage the team yourself, maybe five people. But then now you have to have, they have to have teams, right? So you have to, it's a, a different kind of a uh, skill set that you need because managing people and being like a crusher yourself, you know, a good executor and maybe a ex uh, strategic thinker is not the same as, managing people, mm -hmm. managing processes and so on. It's like a super diff different thing. Um, yeah. So you need to, like at 25 million, for example, we started hiring like super experienced people uh, from Foot Locker, from uh, where else did we have? Uh, from Fashion Nova, um, mm -hmm. from uh, Gymshark. Like we hired super experienced people, you know, for the middle management positions because um, we know that they're going to move, move the needle. So, but I don't know what we're going to do when we, achieve 50 million uh, points mm -hmm. it's gonna be a different one yeah. Um, yeah but like affiliate marketing we started doing affiliate marketing at 20 million point of uh, 25 million um, mm -hmm. influencer marketing department you need to grow the departments but i would advise you know not to go into too many channels because that's um that's kind of uh, as well, like you're going to have to build a team for every channel, you know, you have to build a team and or you need to find an agency plus data analysts, you know, and all of that. So you cannot be focusing on too many things because I, I still believe that to 
achieve 100 million, you still need Facebook ads. You can do it with influence. Like you need to be doing influencer marketing big time, like with the really big numbers. Um, and maybe another one channel. Like I'm not talking about bottom of the funnel uh, channels, uh, SMS and email and so on. Yeah, um, yeah, like, but talking about top of the funnel. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think free free marketing channels for top of the funnel is what you need to get to um, to 100 million. So mm-hmm. maybe it's we are trying to find that third channel. We we are not sure what it is. We are starting to think maybe it's gonna be SEO because it's our third channel. Mm-hmm. Like at least on Google Analytics, it's our third channel right now. Um, so maybe we're going to just be pumping out a lot more quality articles and be optimizing them for SEO. I'm not sure whether they're going to grow like super quickly from this point. Maybe it will, or at least we're going to, it's maybe going to be not a top level, super top level, um, growth, but at least we're going to grow some of it. Um, so maybe it's like third and a half channel, I would say. But then the other one, it would be perfect if we found something like Facebook. So the biggest chance that we have, I think, is YouTube. So YouTube influencers and Facebook, these free, you know, and then and then you can uh, go to 100 mil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I Personally, I think SEO is very underrated today still. Um, probably because it takes time. I don't know. Um, A big but entry point. Once, uh, big and- entry point. Sorry? Uh, did you say YouTube mm-hmm. or SEO? Uh, SEO. SEO. I think it's very underrated. Yeah. Well, it gives a lot of stability to the business. Although, from our point of yeah. view, it's only 10% of our total revenue. So it's kind of like, okay, it's not too big, you know? Um, but, like, <laughs> I I can imagine if we had another two or three really good writers um, that would be pumping out, like, a five articles now we are pumping out two articles per week if we pumped out at least four articles per week i think we would go we could grow so much higher in rankings and it would grow even faster like i'm like i saw the project not projections but our growth trajectory with seo and it was like wow it's awesome Mm -hmm. like it's actually really picking up right now like last month was the best one for us and uh, we grew like maybe 13% 13% uh, from SEO. So I really want to explore it, but I really would like to, um, like YouTube, I believe is going to be the platform that we can scale really quickly, you know? Um, and yeah, but it's just that the video production is has to be much higher. That's why it's, it's low. Like you need some time yeah. for it and you need specific landers mm-hmm. for that and all of that. So it's, it's a lot more than Facebook, you know. Facebook is pretty much like much easier than yeah. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you just said that the entry barrier is higher for YouTube and for SEO as well. So yeah, so yeah. yeah. For SEO, old. you basically <laughs> you need so much time, you know, to to get things started because it's like six months you won't see anything. You just invest money into nothing. Yeah. It's, and then yeah. hope that's uh, and uh, people are just patient in general. And people what? Yeah. People are not patient in general. Yeah, yeah. And marketers yeah. and business, most of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For... Um, my last. Yeah. No, no. Go ahead. 
My last question. So uh, I'm here in Europe, in uh, Central or Eastern Europe. I, I know that you are also from Eastern Europe. And uh, uh, if I know well, uh, your uh, partners, your clients, are uh, they sell in the US, right? Most um, of them. Yeah, 90% of them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I have uh, many Europeans and, and people from small countries, they tell me that... Uh, It's uh, much easier in the US, easy to scale, it's one language and it's much harder in Europe. Um, it's limited how much you can scale. Um, what's your opinion? Everyone should start in the US and then expand into smaller uh, countries, different languages, or, or, or they can start uh, expanding from, I don't know, Poland, Germany, these smaller companies actually right tomorrow we're gonna have a meeting with the uh, four of my friends five of my friends actually who are specializing in europe and we want to create an investment kind of a fund where we would uh, we would start uh, our own e-commerce stores we would basically look what's uh, working in you in the usa and we would do it in europe because europe is like still so under under served you know like you cpms are still low and you can do so yeah. much stuff in europe that and yeah. the entry point is a bit higher in europe because you need to have like these specialized you know websites you need to change the language you need to do lots of things that are super different um but at the same time not many people do that you know so there is a massive mm -hmm. opportunity like to do 100 mil you only need germany Uh, France and Italy, these three markets. Maybe add another, you know, smaller country like Netherlands or Sweden or one of um, one of these, and like you're gonna have like 100 million dollar business if you uh, launch enough brands. Like maybe it's not with one brand, but maybe you would need to launch maybe two or three uh, brands. But still, it's possible to to go for 100 million. So whoever is from these countries, I would say like don't go into the US because it's super competitive. First of all. Uh, and like second of all, I really believe that European markets are underrated, and uh, you could easily do the same um, same volume in Europe. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think the same. I, I think it's more like a limiting belief um, that they have to go to the US and and yeah to the big five countries, and they cannot do in Germany, in Italy. Um, I also have friends who, who are in the eight-figure range and they operate in uh, around a dozen of European countries in different uh, um, languages and uh, their staff, their team is, is bigger than it, uh, than it would be in the US because they need uh, people in more uh, languages, but uh, that's fine. Um, they have like 50 people in the team um, so so yeah it's, that at the same time it's cheaper in europe like to to hire talent from europe rather than from the us like it's three four times cheaper you know like wh whoever we get we are getting from usa they cost us like whatever you know data analyst will cost us twelve thousand per month you know because he's like in european like sorry in the usa um but if it was a european data analyst you could pay him Three to four thousand dollars, probably, or something around that. Maybe five, six, but it's not definitely not twelve. And uh, same for other positions, you know. So you can you can afford to have more people, but it's a lot more management and so on. But still, like it's uh, another kind of style of working, you know. You can take yeah. both routes. I believe that both of the routes 
you can take you know just that europe for me it's still much a bit easier than usa in usa you have to come up with some kind of amazing product in europe you just need to see what works in the usa and you can um you can not copy and paste it but you can see what works you know and then just apply it to european market yeah 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 exactly um yeah any any other advice that you would give to e-commerce folks in the seven eight figure range especially during coronavirus um no just focus on your customers you know like that's the most important yeah. thing because product uh, products themselves like products for example we are i know that with skincare we will not go out of business at any time unless i don't know something changes you know but like super big change super big changes but like our retention rate is so high because our customers just love product and it works you know so um so they will always come be coming back to us but there are you know brands that kind of had like a massive upswing but they are not seeing a massive retention rate um like from the customers uh, that came for example from covid um because of covid uh, we are not seeing them coming back to the store so it's uh, yeah we just need to be thinking about the product and how you can be putting them either on subscription or like the product itself is that they will not go out of it like they will not want to try anything else so you need to be smart about it yeah i, I think uh, just as a side note subscription is also very underrated it should be used much more uh yeah i think it's becoming huge in the next years yeah yeah we actually my goal will be this year to um, this by the end of this year to imp- like to to launch uh, subscriptions although that's the difficult thing for us because our AOV is super high. So I'm not sure whether for this kind of a product it's useful. Um, okay. Because like it's AOV is like 120, you know. So I, I, I can see that it can work for products that are under 50 or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, where people don't yeah. feel it that much. Like I have a few yeah. subscriptions that I don't use that much and it's around $10. And today I actually had a thought like, oh yeah, I should cancel that one. Ah, it's similar to software. Um, yeah, similar to software. Like, ah, yeah, I play. Uh, I I pay Netflix. Uh, I don't know, ten bucks, twenty bucks per month. I pay Spotify. I pay, I don't know, Amazon um, Prime and all of these things. And I just don't care. But once it hits fifty bucks or even more, then ah, yeah, probably I could save that money. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. David, so if anyone wants to find you, where they can find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, it's David Asmuko. Well, it's difficult, actually. Just uh, go onto our Facebook group, E-commerce Growth Hacks by Sugatan. Uh, you can find our podcast on sugatan.io. Um, you, there are some great episodes with nine-figure entrepreneurs and mid-figure uh, entrepreneurs, data analysts, and all of these folks that uh, are exciting to talk about uh to talk with sorry um so yeah you could find us down there yeah amazing um thanks for joining us today and sharing all of these great uh uh things with us and uh stay tuned because every thursday we are coming out to the new episode of this uh, podcast um thanks for listening uh to us cool thanks a lot
Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Buday Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.